Hi, I'm Chris Kraft, and I'm the Career Queer. Through an LGBTQIA lens. Through the course of this podcast, you will hear from freelance writers, campaign fundraisers, editors, human resource professionals, baristas, and much more. Because while about one in five of us are queer, we all have careers. I'm Chris, your host. I use she, her pronouns and identify as bi plus. I've led LGBTQ initiatives and in Fortune 500 company, I'm a recipient of the 2020 McKinsey LGBTQ Plus Achievement Award, and I'm currently a Ramba Fellow at the Darn School of Business. This week, for listener questions, or what I like to refer to as future templating, I have the brilliant and wise Lisa Maloney-Vince with me. Lisa, are you ready to answer a few listener questions? Let's go for it. Okay, I will read our first question and Lisa can answer. Hello, CQ. I'm 32, she, her pronouns, and a lesbian working in tech. I've been with my wife for six years, and we believe that we are ready to start our family. We've decided that my wife will carry our child, and we are thrilled to get started with the process. We've identified a clinic and have started budgeting for the expected costs after insurance. However, I have no idea how to talk about this at work. Will people want to know about how she got pregnant? Will they want to know about the sperm donation process? How do I field questions about this huge life change while staying excited and open about the new addition to our family? How do I ask for parental leave from my boss? I'm out at work, but I keep most of my family details to a minimum. Because a baby will require a lot more time, though, I want to be honest about my commitments. How do I navigate this? Well, it's very exciting for this person. Um... And I can hearken back to some of my own experience because uh, my wife carried our first child and I was out to people at work. So this is when I was working at Minnesota Children's Museum, which is a great and lovely place. Um, and I, I don't remember, you know, specifically maybe sharing like, hey, we're trying to have a baby, but when the baby was coming. I'm pretty sure I was like any other parent who's not carrying a child saying, Hey, guess what? I have some exciting news. We're going to have a baby right after you pass that, like danger point, 12 weeks, whatever it might be for whatever it is now. Um, where the safety zone, safety zone. Yes. Um, and so I think people are excited when they know a baby is coming no matter where the baby is coming from. I don't know. That seems to be my experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't, don't underestimate that people would not be excited for you. Um, you know, even if you don't share a lot about your family, you can, when, when there's an opportunity, um, if it's something that's important to you and you want other, you want to be able to share it. I think you have to be able you know, that five second of braveness to say those few words is like, yeah, actually, you know, we're going to have a baby. Oh my gosh. Or where, you know, there are going to be questions, no doubt. Um, but I always look at it as it like a T 
teachable moment. So the more that I can share about my experience makes it that much easier for the next person who has to go through having a child with their um, same-sex partner. Um, and people want to know. So um, they ask questions because they care, uh, because they're curious. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those. Uh, and, and sometimes the curiosity might might come from a place like of disbelief, like how the heck did that happen? Well, so what? <laughs> Again, take the it's an it's a teachable moment, um, and you can certainly share what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, if you don't want to talk about like the sperm donation donation process, just say, well, some of that's really personal, but I can share that. You know, whatever. You know, we tried to pick a donor who looked most like me. Um, uh, something like that. Um, let's see. And as far as like you were talking about asking your boss for parental leave, well, hopefully your your company has the parental leave in in place. Um, you're not the person giving birth, but there still should be parental leave. And um, again, don't underestimate that. People are not excited about this for you and your family and that they don't care. I, I remember just specifically um, my, my boss of a children's museum was the president. I reported directly into to her. And when we found out that our daughter had um, a heart condition in the third trimester, she having been a she is a parent of a child with special needs, immediately sent a message to all of her direct reports and just said, I want to let you know that Lisa just shared that their baby has a heart condition and that it's serious. They don't know really what's going to happen. We, we know we're hoping for the best, but we're not sure. And I just want to let you know in case, you know, just to let you know, like this isn't, can be very stressful on, you know, um, young parents, first time parents. And um, so I thought that was a very caring thing to do. And, I, and, and because she had been through something similar herself, I think she realized how important it was to have that support system there should I need it. Did you ask her to do that? Or I did, did she, not. Did she mm -hmm. ask you if she could share it? I think she did. Yes, okay. I think she did. Yeah, I think she did. Because I told her, I went into her office and said, hey, I got to give you an update. And I think she said, is it okay to share? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted her to know just in case I was like, you know, gone for extra doctor's appointments or, you know, feeling distraught yeah. <laughs> over the unknown. So it all worked out well. So if it doesn't work out well, or if the conversations, you know, if the boss is not very supportive of the person taking parental leave, or if they take... You know, if she takes parental leave and the boss is very, I don't know, wants her to work. I mean, how how do you navigate that sort of situation? Yeah. I think you just have to communicate. I mean, I think you have to ensure ensure I will get my my work done, but also I need I need this time. Um, I would say if you're in a situation where it's not you're you're not taking advantage of this situation like i will assume you're a hard worker you get your work done you, you know go above and beyond where it's needed um and the, and you still don't have that that the, the support then i would think you're not in the right position 
um, then it would be best to, you know, request to be moved to a different group, or maybe you need to look for a new organization to work for, and you would want your eye on how do they support families or, you know, parental leave. Um, and more companies, small and large, are doing a much better job of that as they should. And I would say if you are not a queer person, I think you should still be asking about yes. those policies. Um, yes. Because the more people ask about those and the more it's clear that that is what you need to do to be competitive in the employment pool, um, the more likely it is that'll happen. I will just add a little funny. When my wife was pregnant with our daughter, I went to a conference and during one of the networking sessions, I was talking with some other parents and it was, um, there was it was, it was, but there was did like this person happened to be, it was a woman who had had a child who was married to a man, but in the group talking was, you know, another same sex, you know, uh, relationship. It was two dads. And we were talking with this, this woman who just had a baby and she was Canadian. And then we talked, you know, there was questions about parental leave and all of that. And they're like, yeah, we can have two years, two years leave. And then our job is guaranteed. And I'm sure my mouth fell before. And I, I, I stared at her. I was like, what? She just said yes. And I, I immediately jumped to the conclusion, well, obviously, they have better people in Canada. <laughs> because if you can, you know, I'm just thinking if you can, if you can have the option that's supported by your, you know, your civil systems that, you know, allow a parent to be home for that length of time to help the family bond, you know, get that early childhood learning really solid before they you send them off to preschool. That kind of investment, I will say, there's been a lot of studies done on that, is, is you know, your return on investment is huge for that. So I, I did say to them, I'm like, well, you obviously have better people in Canada because if you can, if you can afford to, you know, if you can afford to do that, and I know not all families can, but at least you have the, you know, some option more than, um, you know, the six or eight weeks that uh, I was afforded when we had our kids. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'm so Ecolab recently instituted a parental leave policy. And the other important thing is that people take it because, mm -hmm. you know, my sibling works for John Deere. And when they had the opportunity to take parental leave, they didn't take it. And when I pressed them on it, their response was like, well, it's not really a thing. You know, it's there, but no one really does it. And I said, well, like, you're in a position of leadership there. It's actually more important for you to take that leave than anyone else because of your position of leadership. So what I've really respected about Ecolab is that people do take it. And what I've seen is that now it's not as big of a deal when women go out on leave um, because even got even the guys have to go out and leave right like mm -hmm. it's more just like well that person has a baby coming and we just have to make do so i feel like it's kind of equaled out that playing field but also like i hear these guys talk about coming back and they talk about the connection that they got to have with their baby and the um they feel so much more confident about taking care of their child and I just think how this is like one more small step to like gender equity as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, parental yeah. leave, yep. super important. <laughs> Take it. 
Okay. Uh, Lisa, do you have the document open on your side? I do. Would you be willing to read our second question? Sure. It says, hello, I am 24. Use she, oh, her Oh, pro- sorry. Lisa, did you have anything else you wanted to say on the previous question? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Hello, I'm 24, use she, her pronouns, and I currently identify as queer. I'm starting my new job at home as the COVID-19 pandemic is keeping our office closed until 2021. While I'm glad to have work, I'm not sure how to stay focused and driven in this role while I'm at home all day. If you have any advice, I'd really appreciate it. Additionally, I want to find a way to meet other queer people at work, but the affinity group the company has doesn't have active membership in the office that I work in. I want to be able to be my queer self at work, but I worry I'll be the only one out in our team. I am starting to feel isolated. Any suggestions? This is a hard one. My heart bleeds for this one. Oh yeah, COVID-19. Yes, um, it is, it's, it's challenging and everybody in their own and different way. So a new job, you're starting off at home. Um, I think, Yes. So staying focused, you probably have, a, there's probably a lot to learn. So, um, you know, make little, make a little plan. Um, you know, what is it I want to make sure that I learn this week, this month, I'm sure there are lots of meetings being set up with people as you're learning your new role. And I would just encourage you to take time during those meetings. Um, hopefully they will reach out to you and say, Hey, welcome. And where are you from? And oh no, da, da, da. but sometimes I think you have to advocate for yourself and you have to be be the person or do the thing that you want the other person to do. So maybe there's an opportunity either at the end of the beginning of the call and say, hey, you know, wow, yeah, how are you? Where are you working from? And what is it like there? Do you have any pets? Do you, you know, are there other family members? Um, have you been able to like escape to the woods <laughs> to be <laughs> safely by yourself or with one other person who's in your, you know, germ, germ pool? So um uh, and I know everybody has different sense, uh, or, you know, a different com- comfortable. They're, I'm sorry, that they're, they're, they have a different comfort level and how, you know, how um, extroverted they seem. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not an ex- an extrovert, but I <laughs> do understand the value of making those connections and checking in with people and really getting to know them because that's, mm-hmm. that's what makes it your work fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just going to do it with the computer. You wouldn't have a job that involves, like, you know, potentially going back to the office and being with other people. Um, so I was, I guess in general, it's just like seek out the little opportunities to make those one-on-one connections. Um, I, I, I will just share that not a couple, maybe a month or two into quarantine, uh, someone on our team decided to set up a virtual happy hour. I got pushed a little bit. Um, I think we were all hoping it would be a real happy hour, but then we continued to work from home. <laughs> uh, and it was it was really great and I really missed it. And so I think I need to like say, hey, I think it's time to do this, do this again. And we, it was great. We actually, we had all been on a call, most of us together. We ended that call. People went to go like change clothes or get their, their bottle of beer, their glass of wine. And then we all logged back into the platform teams or WebEx, whatever we were using in a couple other people um, from our team joined in and we all just kind of went around and shared, you know, what have you been up to or 
something funny or people share about their kids or their dogs or, you know, their spouse who, you know, they've tried to cut their hair and (laughs) (laughs) be in a little show and tell who had the best, you know, spouse haircut. Um, So, so I think we're all feeling, you know, they have those really weird moments where uh, to take advantage of, okay, what would make me feel a little bit better and then try, try to do it. Um, uh, as far as the, the, your work group, your company having, um, you know, affinity group or employee resource group, but there is an active membership in your office, um, still connect in. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's not a remote, um, you know, if it's, um, if it wasn't yet, remote before, it is it, now. It is now. It needs to be virtual. People are making that shift. If they're not, then maybe it's an opportunity for you to say, hey, I'd like to help. Um, you know, there are people out there like me who aren't, you know, we're kind of off on our own. We, we want to be connected. Um, where are we? Who are we? What are we up to? You know, what other cool things can can we do for each other and the company and in our community? So I think you just have to, it's have to ask. Yeah. I will also say that this is something that I think the business school that I'm at does really well. Um, because networking is such a, like networking and business school are like, I don't know, peanut butter and peanut butter. I wanted to say peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> but I mean, it's even closer than that. Like it's, you can't have one without the other or you can, but it would be much less delicious. So PB and J, sorry, long analogy. So business school, a big part of business school is networking. It's like a PB and J or a beautiful piece of olive bread with butter and salt. Like it's just, it, you can do it on its own, but it's better when it's all together. Right. And so something else that I think you could also do is email the, the queer group, whatever it's called, um, and ask them if there's anybody in your office or within whatever radius you would feel comfortable like meeting. And if you're looking for that more local connection, or if there's anybody who would be willing to talk to you who has similar interest to you. So maybe somebody who's also young, who also identifies as queer, who's also um, uses she, her pronouns or has some sort of other identity that you share. Or this is something that we had just launched and I don't know how well it did, but I love the idea um, is ha- like maybe reaching out and saying, have you thought of doing some sort of virtual buddies program through this very difficult time where it can be hard to have those candid in-person connections during ERG events? Um, And if you, so what that might look like is where people would sign up and say, I'd like to be a buddy. Here are some attributes of of a buddy that I would ideally like to be partnered with what I'm looking for in a buddy. So is it networking within my function, outside of my function, um, just meeting another person that I want to be friends with because I'm new to the company? Um, You can have a lot of different responses. And then what they can help do is facilitate those matches. And maybe you can find someone through that avenue as well. But I love Lisa's idea of if it doesn't exist, make it exist because not only is that a great opportunity for them to get some extra, you know, person power, but it's also a great opportunity for you to get involved and feel like you're working on something that's important to you. 
Yeah. Um, and as far as being remote, I'm currently struggling with the staying focused during my online classes all day. I will say uh, taking notes on what everyone is saying helps playing with silly putty um, in my hands helps making sure my phone is not anywhere near me, uh, making sure that my internet browsers are off so I'm not like or my emails closed and having some sort of program to like maybe shut those off permanently while I'm in class. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to be really intentional about being present in that moment um, and finding ways that'll help you be present. That's a great suggestion. I'll share, somebody shared this with me. I can't remember who, that they um, were recounting a story about a woman who worked from home and they would see her every day at, let's say, 8.30. She was dressed up. She'd walk outside her house, walk <laughs> around the block clockwise, back into her house and work until whenever her workday was done, 5 o'clock, let's say, then she'd walk back out of her house, walk counterclockwise around the block, <laughs> back into her house, and her workday was done. So she actually had, like, this physical sense of, like, leaving and then coming mm -hmm. back to wherever her workspace was. and then leaving the workspace and going back to her home. I have not done that, but I thought that was very clever. Whatever, you know, whatever it is that will work. I think you're right to kind of get your mind to zero in on what it is you want to accomplish. Yeah, putting your phone away, turning off your browser, taking notes. I think that even if you don't use them, just that active listening exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my coworkers insists every day she gets up, she does all her hair and makeup and gets dressed like she's going to the office. She's like, I have to do it. Otherwise I just, I can't, I don't feel whole. I can't, mm -hmm. I, I, I can't approach it like a work day, like more power to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause, uh, I'm very much enjoying the no makeup lifestyle. <laughs> uh, and, but like for me that, that sort of promise to myself is to shower you know, before I start classes. Um, and when it's so humid out, sometimes I shower at night before I go to bed. That's <laughs> like, right. Uh, anyways, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to offer our listener? No. Okay, okay. that's good. Hopefully that, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, please write back in if you have additional things that you'd like to suggest to this listener. Um, would love to start incorporating some listener feedback into these episodes as well. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. And we'll end right there. Uh, so my final question for you, Lisa, is are you a career queer? <laughs> I think I have to answer yes, because I'm on your podcast. <laughs> You can answer in whatever way makes you feel that. <laughs> oh, well, yes, I love this. I think this is a great idea. I love that you've coined that that term. And I think that we will all learn a lot from from your um, your series here. So keep going. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but we just passed the I feel like once I passed episode 16. So the average podcast created has only 16 episodes. So once I pass my 16th episode, I feel like then it'll feel a lot more real and I'll be willing to put it on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> You'll get there. Yeah, I mean, it's already, I've been doing it for two months now um, in terms of actual doing of the work. And I think I have a rhythm established and I'm pretty committed to my deadline. So I feel good about it. That's good. Good. That's good focus. There you go. Yeah. Like this is where I can't focus during the education I'm paying for, but I can focus <laughs> on my hobby. It's all connected. It's all connected. If you want to follow me on social media, find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Career Queer. I would love your feedback on the show and your career questions. You can ask via DMs on social media or email me via thecareerqueer at gmail.com. The art for this podcast was done by Tara Craft, my cousin and rising artist. She's based in Seattle, and you can find her on Instagram at TaraCraftArt or GrownAssBlue. If something about this episode really resounded with you, share it with a friend. Chances are someone out there really needed to hear something from this episode. Until next week, stay strong, stay sparkling, and stay united against injustice. I'll see you next time.